Welcome to The Drive with Josh Downs, a faith-based coaching podcast where I'll share weekly thoughts, principles, insights, and more, all designed to help you build a better self, to better love yourself, so that you can better become all you were meant to be. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another week of The Drive podcast. I'm Josh Downs, and today's episode is episode 533, The Cancer of Sin. Now, the majority of my episodes, the episodes that I've done, have been focused on personal growth and development with various faith-based elements in them. And although a lot of the world and, and those, especially in the personal growth and development space, tend to steer clear of faith and maybe only occasionally reference the need for a higher power or the universe or whatever other element it uh, transcribes God to, I don't. I, I don't apologize for it. I believe and always will that the best thing we can do for our personal growth and development is to partner with the one who created us, the one who knows us better than we know ourselves, and the one that has the power to do anything and everything for us and to help us. Well, today I'm going to speak directly to that faith that I hope that you have, that you have been cultivating, and maybe even protecting and defending. In fact, it's in regards to the protection of your faith and that spiritual part of you that connects with God that I'd like to share a message with you about today. See, over the weekend, I was asked to give a talk at my nephew's baptism, and the topic was the Holy Ghost. As tends to be the case when we give a talk or prepare a lesson or give something to others, we often receive the most from it, don't we? And this was certainly the case for me in preparing this talk. I learned something from working on this talk that I wanted to share with you for our thought this week. In my faith, kids are baptized when they turn eight years old because we've been taught and believe that this is the age considered by the Lord as the age of accountability or the age when kids begin to know enough of the difference between right or wrong that they are accountable, considered accountable for the choices that they make. Prior to that, kids are considered basically innocent because they are not quite capable of fully telling the difference between right and wrong. And if you spend any time with little children, especially under the age of eight, you know that that is completely true. Now, baptism is a beautiful symbol of many things, in particularly the washing away of sin and becoming clean before God, as well as the laying down of the evil and sinful desires and and that part of us that is in our hearts and lives into the grave and coming out a new person, a better person, a person committed to follow Christ in all things. But I also think that there is another metaphor and analogy to be learned from it and its connection in particular to the Holy Ghost. In the scriptures, baptism and the Holy Ghost are often referenced together. And in my faith, those ordinances are performed together. First, there's the baptism that is performed, and then the laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost to be received by the recipient who had just been baptized. And we can see this connection in scripture as well. In the book of Acts, it's recorded, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And I want to draw your attention to this part of the commandment. The commandment for us to follow Him isn't just in being baptized, but the full statement that is often repeated and found throughout Scripture is to be baptized 
for the remission of sins. That's the part that really stood out to me as I was preparing this talk, knowing that it would be in connection with baptism. And I was looking for a connection between baptism and the Holy Ghost. The key word that I wanted to focus on, I want to focus on here, is remission. By definition, remission means the cancellation of debt, charge, or penalty, which I think fits perfectly the forgiveness aspect and symbolism of why we're baptized. But along with that, I've always wondered then, why get baptized as the first step in following Christ instead of the end? Why get baptized as children or at the beginning of wherever someone is when they accept Christ and his gospel? If it's only for forgiveness and the washing away of sins, then why not save it for the end of life or the last step? I know that's what would make sense to me. Wouldn't it be so much easier and better that way? Let's be baptized at the end of our life and wash away all the sins that we've committed throughout our life and go into heaven clean. Well, it's because God's plan is more than just cleansing us from sin. It's about cleansing us from even the desire to commit sin. And I believe that it may have something more to do with the medical definition of remission than remission as a noun. Because in the medical field, remission means either the reduction or disappearance of the signs and symptoms of a disease. A complete remission, also called a full remission, is a total disappearance of the signs and symptoms of a disease. A person whose condition is in complete remission may be considered cured or recovered. Relapse is a term to describe returning symptoms of the disease after a period of remission. In cancer treatment, doctors usually avoid the term cured and instead prefer the term no evidence of disease Well, because there's always the possibility of cancer returning. And I bring up cancer because my father a short time ago was diagnosed with cancer and for himself started the process of chemotherapy in order to put his symptoms of cancer into remission. Cancer is a disease in which some of the body cells grow uncontrollably and spread to other parts of the body. And cancer can start almost anywhere in the human body, which is made up of trillions of cells. Normally, human cells grow and multiply through a process called cell division to form new cells as the body needs them. When cells grow old or become damaged, they die and new cells usually take their place. However, sometimes this orderly process breaks down and abnormal or damaged cells grow and multiply when in fact they shouldn't. And these cells may form tumors, which are lumps of tissue. And tumors can be cancerous or non-cancerous. Cancerous tumors spread into or invade nearby tissues and can travel to distant places in the body to form new tumors, a process called metastasis. Cancerous tumors may also be called malignant tumors. And these tumors and cancer cells, whether they are malignant or benign, can be harmful and life-threatening to the basic vital functions of the human body. And if left untreated, will end up terminating a person's life. Cancerous cells ironically tend to hide from the immune system and therefore continue to grow unchecked. The immune system normally eliminates damaged or abnormal cells, but with cancer, it simply does not. Now, why all this about cancer? Well, as I mentioned, when this process was discovered in my father, he began treatments that slowly started to kill the cancer cells in his body by slowly killing everything else along with them. That's what chemotherapy is. He, in effect, was slowly dying 
almost as if he himself were going into the grave in hopes that he would come out better and be in remission from cancer. Boy, can you begin to see the symbolism of what he was experiencing, especially as it relates to baptism? In preparing this talk of mine, I thought a lot about my father's experience with cancer and our experience in supporting him through it. Through reflecting on it, I was reminded of a verse of scripture in which the Lord simply states that I have given you a pattern in all things. I believe that he is saying to us basically that everything physically that he has created or put in some kind of order or motion has been designed to teach us spiritually. And I think that there's a powerful lesson to be learned from cancer, especially as it relates to sin, to baptism, and the Holy Ghost. I came to realize that God didn't get it wrong in having us get baptized first. (laughs) In fact, he got it right. I was sure maybe I had him on that one, but no, I didn't. See, we don't need baptism at the end of our lives any more than a cancer patient needs chemo at the end of treatment. Both are needed at the beginning once the disease has been discovered. Only then does the disease have a chance to be beaten and to go into remission with the hope of eventually being proclaimed cancer-free. Now, how does all this relate to you and how does it relate to me? Well, it's because all of us have a type of cancer that we pick up just by living in this world of ours, this fallen world. And it's the cancer of sin. Like with cancer, sin, if left untreated and unchecked, will grow and continue to grow and spread as it marches its way through a person's life, destroying everything that is good in it. And ironically, it also likes to hide from the natural immune system those parts of us that want to do better and be better, and it especially likes to hide from others as well. The cancer of sin, if left unchecked or untreated, will destroy character, it will destroy integrity, it destroys compassion, it will destroy patience, self-worth, it will destroy your relationships with others, love, faith, and happiness, until a person is basically dead spiritually to what is right and what is good in life. Each of us has this disease in us due to no fault of our own, just because basically it has been written in our DNA, just like cancer is. As the scriptures record from the beginning of time, the Lord made it known to Adam and to all of us. And the Lord spake unto Adam, saying, Inasmuch as thy children are conceived in sin, even so when they begin to grow up, sin conceiveth in their hearts, and they taste the bitter that they might know to prize the good. As I delivered my talk to two young boys, both eight years old, dressed in white, with their fathers dressed in white as well next to them, ready to baptize them, as they officially begin their journey and their commitment in following Christ and the path that He has laid out for us, as innocent and pure as they could be, I knew that they had arrived at the age of accountability. And although this was a day to be celebrated, It was also a time for them to begin to become aware of the cancer of sin that both of them, starting now, had been diagnosed with. I have it. Kellen's dad has it. His mom has it. The bishop that was overseeing the service has it. Everyone in that room over the age of eight has it as well. And every kid that was in that room under the age of eight will get it. You 
as my listener has it. Every person that has ever lived, that has ever been able to tell the difference between right and wrong, has it. And for every single one of us, if the sin of cancer is left unchecked and untreated, it will destroy us. Not only did this day mark the start of my nephew's path back to God, but it started his treatment plan. A treatment plan that would help the sinful desires and the sinful nature and actions that would begin to grow from his heart and in his life to go into remission so that he could eventually be pronounced cancer or sin-free. God doesn't just want to cleanse our actions and poor choices, but he wants to cleanse our hearts. He means to change our hearts, to change us, almost at the cellular level. And that requires some intensive treatments. In order to kill the cancer of sin that lies deep within each one of us, there must be an agent that can go just as deep and eradicate those parts of us that desire sin. And that's where the Holy Ghost comes in. Baptism at the beginning of one's commitment to follow Christ is an acknowledgement that we need Him as the great physician that He is, that we need His grace, and that we need His power to help this cancer go into remission and to stay there. And so, each week, we have the opportunity to renew that ordinance and covenant through the ordinance of the sacrament. It's the opportunity to basically receive another treatment. Living in this world, we need a treatment each and every week because this is not a cancer to mess around with. And the more treatments that we miss, the stronger this cancer becomes and the quicker it can spread to other areas of our lives. And this is where the Holy Ghost begins to factor into all of this because the Holy Ghost, in many ways I see, is the agent that carries the treatments that we so desperately need to eradicate sin into our hearts. Right after my nephew got baptized, as I mentioned earlier, he was given the gift of the Holy Ghost, which always includes the words, receive the Holy Ghost, in the prayer that is offered, indicating that it is up to each and every one of us to receive it. It can't and won't force itself upon us. As much as God wants to help us fight this cancer of sin, He allows us to choose to come to Him and accept His treatment plan. To surrender to that plan, his plan that he has for our lives and the treatments that we need to send this disease into remission, leading us to again one day being pronounced as sin-free. The gift of the Holy Ghost is something that we have access to each and every day to help us push back on the effects of sin in our lives. We can receive him by inviting him and opening our hearts and lives to him through things like heartfelt prayer or scripture study, through service, through expressing our love for others, through hearing God's word delivered to us by others, through meditation on spiritual things, attending church, attending the temple, or other sacred places of worship, through music and many other ways that God has provided for us. I know if that you will look back on your lives, the times that you have felt the Spirit, you have also felt in part a remission of sin, as your desire for sin has been lessened. Simply put, as Abraham Lincoln once said, when I do good, I feel good. And when I do bad, I feel bad. And that's my religion. One could also say that, well, when I do good, I feel good and want to do more good. When I do bad, I feel bad and I don't want to do as much good. 
It's the spirit that is like the delivery system for the treatments that we need to fight this cancer. That's why partaking the sacrament and the experiencing the Holy Ghost is so important together. John the Baptist understood the functions of the Holy Ghost in particular when he taught, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Fire purifies. It purifies things like iron through consuming its impurities that are referred to as dross. David A. Bednar, a leader of my faith, once taught that by the sanctifying power of the Holy Ghost as our constant companion, we can always retain a remission of our sins. Baptism is a holy ordinance preparatory to the reception of the Holy Ghost. It is the channel and the key by which the Holy Ghost will be administered. We are imperfect human beings, he said, striving to live in mortality according to Heavenly Father's perfect plan of eternal progression. The requirements of his plan are glorious, merciful, and rigorous. We may at times be filled with determination and at other times feel totally inadequate. (laughs) I've been there. We may wonder if we spiritually can ever fulfill the commandment to stand spotless before him at the last day, in effect being pronounced sin-free. But he says, with the help of the Lord and through the power of his spirit to teach us all things, indeed we can be blessed to realize our spiritual possibilities. Ordinances invite spiritual purpose and power into our lives as we strive to be born again and become men and women of Christ. Our weaknesses can be strengthened. Our limitations can be overcome. Although none of us can achieve perfection in this life, we can become increasingly worthy and spotless as we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. I promise, he said, and testify that we will be blessed with increased faith in the Savior and greater spiritual assurance as we seek to always retain a remission of our sins and ultimately to stand spotless before the Lord at the last day. My purpose in sharing this thought with you this week is to encourage you to evaluate the state of where the cancer of sin is currently in your life. To look a little more purposefully at Sunday in the sacrament as a day to receive the treatment necessary to fight this cancer and the significance of receiving the Holy Ghost as much as possible to help this treatment find its way deep into our hearts, slowly killing the cancer of sin that is in each of us. It is not too difficult, if you know what to look for, to identify the symptoms and the characteristics found in those that are in the advanced stages of the cancer of sin. Almost as similar to those that are battling cancer for real. For those that are beginning to lose this battle with the cancer of sin, there is a decrease of light that is in their life, a decrease of joy, of happiness. There is a darkness that seems to permeate them, filled with despair, discouragement, hopelessness. There is an abundance of anger, resentment towards themselves and towards others. As I mentioned, the cancer of sin destroys everything that is good in a person's life. And if you found yourself being a little more angry than what you've been in the past, having a little less patience, cutting corners that you know that you shouldn't, doing or saying things that you know don't fit in the life of one who has committed to follow Christ, then I would invite you as quickly as possible 
to get back to the hospital, to make an appointment with the great physician, and allow God to give you another treatment, a treatment that will begin to help push this cancer further into remission. You'll also be able to tell when it begins to go into remission, as you begin to observe a rise of hope, of faith, of patience, of love, of kindness, of peace, of happiness in your own life. You will know that it is in remission as your relationships improve, your spiritual health improves, and your commitment to do more good increases and you slowly begin to lose even the desire for sin. This is the process of a lifetime and the type of cancer that we can never stop treating because even when it is in remission, because as long as we are alive in a fallen world, we face the potential of falling ourselves. Just look at the great David from the Old Testament as an example. No doubt the cancer of sin at one point in his life was in complete remission, as he had the faith and the courage and power to face someone even like Goliath. Yet because he wasn't vigilant in his treatments, wasn't where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there, allowed his mind to wander to places that he shouldn't, and then allowed himself to make choices and take action that mirrored those thoughts. His cancer grew and it continued to spread and eventually choked out the spirit in his life as he made more and further wrong choices and the sinful desires that were growing in his heart overcame his resolve and the strength to fight against them. His story doesn't have to be our story. But his story is a call for each and every one of us to be incredibly vigilant and consistent and be aware of the danger of this type of cancer and how quickly it can spread and overtake even the best of us. We can resolve here and now to commit to make Sunday a day of spiritual treatment and make sure that we get the most out of it and fill our week with things that will invite the Holy Ghost into our lives and into our hearts. And we can help our kids especially to understand why these things are so important for them to do as well. And to me, that is what remission of sin is all about. Thanks for listening, you guys. I hope that you have a great week and that whatever treatments that you choose to allow into your life, whether it's taking time to read the scriptures, to make sure that your prayers are meaningful, and powerful as you try to connect with God, whether it's through meditation, going to, to church, serving a friend or a neighbor, expressing your love to someone, whatever it is that you decide to do to invite the Spirit into your life, I know as you do so that you will feel that Spirit begin to eradicate the disease of sin in your life and help you to have more strength, desire, and commitment to do better, to be better, to live better. And that is what will open up the doors wide open for your personal growth and development. Until next time, I'm Josh Downs, and you've been listening to The Drive.